Blog Talk Radio. That's right. Welcome, everybody, to What's Brewing, a show where we can say whatever we want. A sports show where you can say whatever you want. How novel of a concept is that? But that's what we're here to do for you. We will give you that opportunity for the next two hours. Give us a call, 646-929-2192, or email us at whatsbrewingshow at AOL.com. The show starts now. And a jolly good evening and happy Monday to everyone. It's uh, 7 o'clock here on uh, Swatch Watch. You got a date, and you're not late for the George Brew Show here on the What's Brewing Sports Radio Network. I am George Brew, veteran sportscaster Jim Haig, joins us in about 15 minutes from now. Here's where I want to start tonight. You had two games of undefeated versus undefeated yesterday in the NFL. One in Detroit, one in Buffalo. In the Chiefs game, who did we learn more about? Question there. Did we learn more about the Chiefs? Yeah, we learned a lot about the Chiefs. Did we learn a lot about the Lions? Yep, yep, we did. In Buffalo, between the Patriots and the Bills, sort of about New England. But I think we learned a lot more about the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills team, who was 3-0 going into that game, coming off of wins against a just-about-to-be diagnosed with mono Sam Darnold, a just-about-to-be put out the pasture Eli Manning, and the Bungles. Have Danny Dimes played the Buffalo Bills? Giants probably beat them. C.J. Mosley doesn't get hurt. They probably lose to the Jets, and they're one and two. They're one and two going into that game because we all knew they were going to beat the Bungles because everybody beats the Bungles. Beating the Bungles is kind of like beating the Dolphins. It's not really a big accomplishment. But what did we learn about the Patriots? Their defense is legit. But let's not forget, these are still NFL teams. New England goes into this game. And and for all intents and purposes, it was the Dolphins Super Bowl. It was the Bills Super Bowl. New England plays in no less than six Super Bowls a year. They always get a team that's, this is the biggest game they've had there in 20 years. Seems like it always happens up in Buffalo. Patriots play them in September up there. 
It's always the biggest game of the year. It's like when Pitt plays Penn State in Heinz Field. Oh, it's the biggest game we've had here in 20 years. Shut up. Last year, the Patriots lost five games. They lost to the Miami Dolphins on the Miami Miracle. That was their Super Bowl. They lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're a proud franchise. That plays in the Super Bowl. That's one Super Bowls. Seemingly, that became their Super Bowl. They played the Lions last year in Detroit. That was their Super Bowl. Plus, that was the Patriot team that ultimately played the end of the end of the year. Okay. But the Jags game. Dope. Dope. Dope I am. Dope I am. I don't know how much. It, it, yeah, Stone Cold doesn't do it. Pat McAfee has problems with something. Welcome on International Podcasters Day to a guy who's been doing this for 10 years and still forgets to hit record once in a while. <laughs> That's me, George Brew, here on the George Brew Show. Veteran sports writer Jim Haig joins us uh, about 10 minutes from now. What you didn't hear in that five minutes there of dead air that started this show, which we'll cut out at some point. Or maybe not, I don't know. We'll just start over. We had in the NFL this weekend two games of undefeated in week four. Okay. The Dolphins of 72 are like already planning when this when they get to pop the champagne. They're already planning it. Because the amount of undefeated teams in the NFL are shrinking, dwindling. We started the week with, what, eight? We had Green Bay. They lost. We had the Bills. They lost. The Lions weren't undefeated because of that high, <laughs> but, you know, we'll go with that. We have the Cowboys. They're not, they are no longer undefeated. Playing a team that, for all intents and purposes, should be undefeated. So there's three left. There's three. Kansas City, New England, and the 49ers got to sit on their couch and not do anything on it. Because they were on their bike. Take out week one, the Chicago's won three straight games. Take that out. We'll do that. Right? But what did we learn about the four that were in the marquee games in the one o'clock hour? Well, we learned a lot about the Detroit Lions that maybe last year, and this is why you have to give coaches more than a year. Hint, hint, Stephen Ross. Listen. Listen to me. You have to give guys more than a year. For those of you who are doubting what the Dolphins are doing, see the Detroit Lions. 
Matty P goes in there last year. Like the smart, brilliant, bearded man that he is from Brown University. He goes in there. He finds his cancers. He gets rid of his cancers. They go into an off season with money to spend. And they spent it. They brought in Matty P's guys. Danny Amendola. Trey Flowers. What do those guys know? They're OGs. They're OGs with Matty P. They're with them in New England. They're around that system. They saw how he runs things. And those players that are there who cried because they played for Jim Caldwell, who, let's face it, was Tony Dungy's towel boy, just like Adam Gase is Peyton Manning's towel boy. Jim Caldwell ran Club Med. Matty P, not putting up with that. Matty P goes outside in December in Michigan to practice with the team playing a dome game, and guys are crying about it. You don't have to tell him any more than that. <coughs> like you look at that. Kansas City won a game they probably should have lost. And if you're a Chiefs fan, you should be very happy about that. You were able to win a game that you should have lost. Darius Slay doesn't play. But you hear today, they have the blueprint how to stop Patrick Mahomes. You don't stop Patrick Mahomes. Who has? Belichick shut him out for a half last year in the AFC Championship game. That game went to overtime. And it was a big number. To beat them, you have to be able to score with them. Easier said than done. New England last year did it twice. They kept up with them scoring-wise. That New England team last year, better than this year's team, offensively. Defensively, after they lose B-flow, and now it's Gerard Mayo and Steve Belichick calling that defense. I think the old man's got a lot more to do with it. But those guys are calling the defense. Maybe. But they are going to figure it out. (coughs) Buffalo, we learned one thing. We learned one thing yesterday. Josh Allen stinks. Two straight years, a person named Josh Allen was drafted number seven overall in the NFL draft. The Buffalo Bills would have been better suited with the other Josh Allen playing quarterback for them yesterday. Josh Allen needs to figure out that it's okay to check the ball down. 
it's great that you have movability. It's great that you're mobile. It's great that you can run. Don't try to take on people with your head. I heard it all today. Should have been suspension, should have been got ejected, blah, 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 blah. Watch the hit again. There's another angle of that play where Josh Allen's actually the one who initiates the contact to the head of the Patriots defender. Well, if we did that to number 12, we'd be thrown out of the league. You ain't going to do that to number 12. I had this argument on Twitter all night last night with people. You're not going to do that to number 12. And you know why you're not going to do that to number 12? Because he's not going to stick his head into the middle of it. If number 12, either number 12, are putting their heads in there, feel free. Knock your head off. But if they're sliding and giving themselves up and you take a missile shot at them, you're going to get what you deserve. Patriots defense is legit, kids. They're legit. They can take the ball away from anybody. We'll be back on the other side with the great Jim Haig. Listen to the George Bruce Show on Black Talk. about Headblade, check us out at headblade.com. cup of whiskey you say well this blend of fine golden grain and single malt comes from the oldest distillery in ireland because we are not here to take part we are here to take over for upper number 12 irish whiskey welcome back to the george bruce show here on the what's brewing in sports radio network powered as always by black talk radio on international podcast day a lot going on. Before we get Jimmy on the phone, there are other stories in the world. College football, the college football season had its first casualty as the head coach. That's Chris Ash. And mind you, a lot of the right things were said today down there on the banks of the old Raritan in Piscataway, New Jersey. And one name keeps coming up. One name. And dear God, Rutgers fans, please stop bringing the name up. Please, dear God, stop bringing the name up. 
Ain't nobody want to see Greg Schiano there again. Then and well. All right, real quick, let's do this, and we'll be back. In Ireland, the highest form of compliment in any pub is an insult. So I'm considered quite complimentary. <laughs> Proper number 12, Irish whiskey. I want to give this to the world as, as a gift from myself and from Ireland. This is who I am. I am an Irishman. A true Irishman. Proper, proper Irish whiskey. Proper 12. It's in the name. is the district I come from. It's a small suburb in Dublin, Ireland called Crumlin. It's a place dear to my heart. With each bottle and with each case we sell, we are going to give back to the first responders. They are the people who enter the buildings when people are running out. And that's that's heroic to me. All right. We got the uh, technical side of this down, taken care of. Jim Haig, the extreme mm. Hold on. Wait. What am I doing, Jim? I don't know. What are you doing? You know what? I I almost forgot to play your intro. Checking in on the original Sinsider What's Brewing hotline, the man who has too many jobs to mention. But I will mention that he is a best-selling author in Italy, which is like having a girlfriend in Vancouver named Alberta Wright, guys. The one, the only Jim Haig. Bravo. You know what? That robot... Is should be your ringtone for when you call me. Um, okay, I don't know uh, if that's a good. I don't know. You should put it on and change my ringtone. All right. Before we get into the NFL weekend. Okay. As soon as the news broke yesterday on the banks of the old Raritan. Yes. How shocked were you that? There was a certain name that came up really quick. Oh, not at all. Not not one bit. Not not shocked <laughs> at that at all. Um, and I would imagine that there's already been discussions with Greg Schiano um, to become the new head coach. I would imagine they have to. I, you know, just this firm association because of his success ratio and because of you know who he is. I mean, he's not doing anything right now. Probably doing some gardening around the house, but he's not doing anything. And um, I think he'd be a perfect choice because of his success of what he did in the past. Now, do I ever do I think that um, somebody is going to take over that job and be a success? No. The answer is no. They can't. Rutgers can never compete in the Big Ten in practically anything. Never mind uh, compete in the Big Ten in football. That's that's almost comical. At least they can compete maybe in basketball. I guess Steve Pickell will have a chance. Maybe they can, you know, be a little bit over 500 in the Big Ten. But 
in football where you need 53 people instead of five, I can't see that happening. But I would think that the, uh, Pat Hobbs, as we spoke yesterday, I mean, as, as he spoke yesterday, had to be calling Greg Schiano and asking him whether or not he'd be interested. I don't think he'd be interested in taking over now because, it, you know, the season is still going on and he really can't do any recruiting as uh, the season is going on. I think he would probably want to take over after the, you know, the year is over. Um, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe who knows? Maybe Nunzio will do such an incredible job and turn that program around and that he gets the job uh, on a, beyond an interim basis. So it's, it's, it's hard to figure out what's going to happen, but uh, there's no question, I think, by now, the discussion has already taken place between Pat Hobbs and Greg Schiano to become the head coach. I've heard in the past that that was a non-starter uh, at the school. What was the non-starter? The name Greg Schiano. After they fired Flood, it was a non-starter. Now that they've seen that going the route of untested coordinator doesn't work. Yeah. Especially for that school. And and Chris Ash, for what he walked into with the NCAA around the corner, for going into the Big Ten, performed amicably. With He's a bad football coach. He's, bad but he's football. a terrible football coach. Terrible. Great, great guy. Really good guy. He's a terrible football coach. Terrible. Yeah, well, he's when I look. Very bad evaluator of talent, too, by the way. That's, uh, that's, that's something that's. Uh, been evident over the last three years, but he's a bad football coach. He really does. Just a, calls a bad game. And there was never more evidence in Saturday when, you know, it just ran away from him. The game ran away from him. So. You know, I, I, there was a couple points that were in the press conference today with Pat Hobbs, and, and one of the questions is asked, well, if you gave him, if you fired him this early, shouldn't you have fired him at the end of last year? Hobbs had a great answer for it. He goes, well, you know, come on, give him the chance to succeed. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not a college football guru. I'm, I don't consider myself to be anywhere in the realms of Herb Street or any of those guys, but from watching them last year, and, and that team that he put on the field at the end of last year, wow. if they could have – if they could have uh, – uh, progressed, yeah, you know what? I can kind of see what he's saying there. Because that team last year played well against Wisconsin, played good enough to win against Penn State, didn't. But that's because I think James Franklin's a terrible football coach, great recruiter, terrible football coach. Okay. <laughs> Without Joe Moorhead, what have they really been? But in saying that, I honestly believe I kind of figured somebody was getting fired after this week. If Rutgers played Michigan competitively, then it was going to be Jim Harbaugh. If Chris Ash got absolutely T-boned, it was going to be him. But it also has to say, and, and one of the parts that I think has to be talked about in this whole thing is leaving Art Sikowski in to get his absolute ass handed to him on Saturday was a disgrace. I, I, yeah. I had to turn the game off because I didn't want to watch 
that on television anymore. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, it was it was not it was a non-competitive event after it went to I don't know it was it was like twenty six nothing or something like that, and then it became a non-competitive event, and then and then you could you just could have turned it off because they were not there wasn't if they played that game until now, Rutgers wasn't going to score. You know, they were they weren't even getting close to even a first down that might score. And, and they, had, um, they had the one drive bad. early. They had the one drive early. Yep. They had a they had a very good drive early. They drove about fifty five yards. It got down to about the twenty yard line and then No, they were uh, inside the they were inside the five and just couldn't score. Yeah. Yeah. But in saying that though Where I got a name, and you may think I'm crazy. Uh, Jim Trestle. Uh, you're crazy. You're crazy. The guy could build the program. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're crazy. He's done. He's done. The other guy that's going to get consideration for this job and deserves it, but um, we'll see whether or not uh, Pat Ob's, uh, offers him. Is um, Al Golden? Al Golden deserves at least a look at. He, he he should be at least considered. I think it's I think it's Shiano head over tails. I think that's who's going to be. But I mean, I think that um, I think Al Golden deserves at least a look. You know, because again another guy who knows new jersey really well he's got a good good relationship with all the new jersey football coaches and uh if Rutgers is going to be successful he's got to do what it it's got to do with the due diligence at home and it does not it's not even close you know i can't i think probably mike teal was the last top flight recruit who stayed home and even him he wasn't even that great of a recruit but you know, he he stayed home. Other than that, I don't know if there is has been. Who's the last, you know, top flight uh, New Jersey football player that stayed home? Nobody. Mike Teal. Mike Teal. Mike Teal. Probably it. <laughs> the McCordys, so they were after Teal, where they were before yeah. Teal. Uh, yeah. So whoever is the new head coach uh, has to have strong ties. With New Jersey and all three guys that we mentioned, uh, with well, without the one that you mentioned, but the three guys that I think are under consideration, namely Nunzio Campanelli, who, you know, it's all up to him whether or not he does a good job between now and the end of the season. Uh, Greg Ciano and Al Golden, all three have great ties within this state and would make it uh, a priority to recruit the New Jersey athletes. Like what Kyle Flood was doing, but, you know, nobody likes to. When, once the email scandal came out about Kyle Flood, he was a persona nagrata, and I still don't understand why. But that's besides the point. All right, Jimmy. We actually can take a phone call because somebody actually called in. Okay. Take the call. All right. 973, you're on the air with uh, the George Bruce Show on What's Brewing. Let's hope this works. No, hey, Johnson. Hey, I love nine seven three. There. Hello. I heard a voice. I heard a voice. Yeah. Call back. 
I, see, here's why I, I know the trestle thing is, is crazy. But hear me out on this one. Right. You guys can build the program. This is cheater. But at this point, does Rutgers care? Yes. Yes, Rutgers has a higher standard because, you know, you need a 3-0 and a 1,000 SAT to even be considered on that football team. Well, look, that's a look, high academic look. standard. You know, well, let's look at it this way. Good. Bring him in and give back the trophy later. Oh, my God. Oh, God. That's, that's really backward mentality right there. Bring him okay. in and give back the trophy? No, that's not going to happen. And, again, like I said, Rutgers You sit on the banks of the old Raritan on Sunday, Saturday afternoons watching that football team. You tell me how much you'd be okay with. Uh, no, I uh, <laughs> seriously, I don't think the school is okay with it. I just I know that they have a higher standard. That's why they've lost a lot of the New Jersey athletes, uh, football athletes, because they didn't have the academic standards that Rutgers placed, which, which like I said, 3.0 GPA and a thousand in the SAT. Then that's that's standard. What they're looking for, and it killed them. And getting a lot of a lot of the top flight, you know, uh, athletes. So I certainly don't think they're going to condone cheating if they don't condone academic ability. They're certainly not going to do that. So, huh? so I think Trestle is. I think Trestle's done. I don't think he'll ever coach again. But that's just my take. Here's another name that's coaching in the NFL right now. What about Brett Bielma? Um, yeah, that's a possibility. The fact, now he has de facto ties to Rutgers. Yeah. There's a guy on that coaching staff that he coaches for or with that played football at Rutgers, albeit he was a long snapper. There's a few guys on that team, Steve Belichick. Oh, okay. There's a few guys on that team that played at Rutgers, surprisingly. That how does Rutgers, Rutgers have all these Penn State guys, or all these – how the Patriots have all these Rutgers guys? Yep. Rutgers defense, I, I, I don't remember it being as good as Devin and Jason and Deron Harmon, but you look at the guys that the Patriots have had. Yeah. Those guys are all pros. Yeah, well, they're, they're individually – they're good players. Huh. Is they're part of a team? Eh. And when the McCourty twins were at Rutgers, Rutgers was a good football team. They were good. They were guys, right? They were right. Shiano recruits. Yeah, without question. Yeah. So they were that one year. One year. <coughs> don't forget. I mean, it seems like it's ancient history. One year they were twelve and two. Twelve and two. Twelve and twelve and two. Rutgers University was twelve and two. Now, will they ever be twelve and two again in the Big Ten? No, but that year, they, I mean, hey, nobody, nobody can question what Tim Pernetti did um, in being and taking a money grab and taking the fifteen million dollars from the Big Ten and the Big Ten Network. You can't, you can't fault him for that. That's a lot of money to be thrown at his way, and. The Big Ten Network thought that Rutgers was going to be a New York draw. So 
they thought that because Rutgers is so close to the New York market, as they said, that Rutgers was going to be a huge draw and would lead to a lot of viewers in the number one market in the country. And the answer is no, they're not. Rutgers is, nobody in New York City considers Rutgers as like their school. No one. <laughs> if, if anybody in New York considers a college football team to be theirs, it's Notre Dame. It's, uh, you know, but it's not Rutgers. So. But, you know, Terry, as the athletic director, saw $15 million getting thrown in his face. Well, that was a money grab, but it was, guess what? It was a smart money grab because, it, it, you know, that money yeah. is, was, was there. But does Rutgers belong in the Big Ten? No. No, no. No, it helps them. It helps them in other sports. Now let's try that phone call again. Nine seven three, you're on the air with the George Bruce show. This whole damn thing is annoying me tonight. Yep, dropped again. All right, <laughs> but it's helped them. It, it's helped them in their Olympic sports. I, I mean, if you just go like, if you hadn't been to a Rutgers game since uh, mayhem on the what was a pandemonium on in Piscataway or whatever right. they called it. Pandemonium. If you have. If you haven't been to a Rutgers home game since then, and you've just, like, stumbled back, like, and I've been going, you know, for 15 years now to Rutgers games. Don't ask me why. Okay. Just do. It's a great event. It's a great it is, event. It is. It really is a great event. It is. Yeah, especially if you're there early enough <laughs> and you're tailgating. And you have sandwiches before the game, and you're having a couple brouhaha's, and then all of a sudden you go into, you can walk right into the stadium, and the stadium is close and compact, and and everybody's close to each other. That's a it's a very good event, so you can't downplay that. But no, you can't. If they're non-competitive, it's almost like a waste of time. And, and Saturday, albeit that was in Ann Arbor, they were non-competitive. They were not a competitive football team, and I think that's the main reason why. They decided to fire Chris Ash right after that game. They were not a, a competitive football team. You know, but if like the the amount of money that's poured in, and I'm just saying since they joined the Big Ten, you know, you got the Battaglia practice fields, who I, I still think should be in the College Football Hall of Fame. He's one of the best Rutgers prospects that ever came out. The NFL didn't use him right. Right. Maybe I'm listening to Ray Lucas too much on the radio. This is probably my <laughs> <laughs> But, I, I mean, you think about it. They're on, what, just, uh, 710, WOR. Right. Right? You got Continent and Ray Lucas, who, by the way, if you've never listened to Rutgers football on the radio. I have, many times. Many Ray times. is, hands down, my favorite color analyst. Because he doesn't, uh, he doesn't miss work. He has no filter. And he right. was, and him calling Carlin Christopher the whole game is truly amazing. Okay. <laughs> but the the Battaglia fields, the atmosphere around there for a team that, let's face it, hasn't been good in seven years since they joined yep. a big time. Yeah. It's still with the horse and the, the pageantry of college football. That's what people don't understand that from this area, Jimmy and I may be wrong, but we don't know what pageantry around college sports is because we don't have it here. And we've never had it here. It's not like going out to State College. It's not going to Columbus. It's not going to Ann Arbor. It's not going to Tuscaloosa or Auburn or, or Baton Rouge, Gainesville. 
they really can tap into it, but they need the school to buy in. You need to get students there. Right. They built this. I, it was funny. We were watching the, the Boston College game. It was two weeks ago now. Yeah. And you look at that massive student section that they built in that south end zone that used to yep. be the open end zone. Yeah. When there's 4,000 students there, it looks like there ain't nobody in that seat, in that section. Yeah. yeah. Well, I bet, you know, you think if you're, if you're a Rutgers student right now, do you want to go to the games? You know, of course not. Not it's especially. something to do. Yeah, but it's not, especially if they're not competitive. You know, they'd rather do something else. They probably are. They're out there tailgating and just don't come inside. Yeah. yeah I mean, I've. Like, I've been to the big, the blue-white game out in State College. And you get 100,000 people there to tailgate, 60,000 go into the stadium. And yeah. there's still another 100,000 in the parking lot. Yep. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. That's a totally different beast. Like, you know, you can't compare. You can't compare. No, you can't. You can't compare Rutgers and Penn State. It's a totally different beast. No. Don't forget, in South Central, South Central Pennsylvania – what else is there to do? You know, Nothing. what else is there? That's, to? You're, you're that's stuck what, in the middle of nowhere. You're not near Pittsburgh. You're not near Philadelphia. Where? What do you do? You go to Penn State games, okay? Um, in, in Piscataway, you're an hour away from New York City. You're an hour and a half away from Philly. You uh, you're right smack in the middle of everything. There are other things to do. So you know, and you're and you're right with one thing. Like you're right about. New York's college football team is Notre Dame, but I, you could also throw, and you could also throw Penn State in there. Not as much. No, not as, well, I not would as say much. Notre. Dame, I would say Notre Dame won Syracuse too, and then and then maybe Penn State, and but the, I, you know, in between, I'm, I'm I, I, I hem and haw there a little bit. So it used to be Penn State when they were Penn State was in the Big East. But uh, not since Penn State also joined the Big Ten. No, that's they've been an outsider to New York. See, what also has hurt Rutgers, and of course, you know, this this goes back to Shiano, who never wanted. He vowed, especially after poor Eric Legrand got hurt, they vowed they were never going to play at Giant Stadium or MetLife Stadium ever again, and um, and they haven't. They have not played since Eric got hurt. Um, but I think Rutgers loses a little bit by not offering at least one or two games to the Meadowlands because just then they would get the North Jersey fan involved and a lot of the Rutgers closet alumni would come out if they knew they were playing at the Meadowlands. I just feel that way. That's all. But, um, maybe if it was just one game, maybe if they, you know, if they played, like one of the two gimme games in the early part of the season, you know, like like what like Buffalo was supposed to be last year until Buffalo beat the beat the pants off of them, or um, who did they? Beat? Liberty or something. UMass does well, it. UMass, <coughs> one of those, you know, and play that game at at the Meadowlands. I think that maybe they would that would get a little bit more attention locally like in north in the North Jersey area, but right now, no. They they don't want to give up home games. So Well I can understand why they don't want to give up home games. 
plus the, the, you have the whole thing of the stadiums aren't owned by the NJS, NJSEA anymore. Because remember, the NJSEA owns Rutgers Stadium. Right. Um, well, it so also it what also helped is that the guy who was the chairman of the Sports and Exposition Authority was then also the athletic director at Rutgers. So there was a tie there. When Mulcahy was working uh, as the AD at Rutgers, he was also still the chairman of the you know NJSEA. So um, there was a tie that, that helped Rutgers get games. But in Chiano's mind, he still sees. Eric Grand down face first on the turf and not moving. And I think that that's, you know, that's something that was in Seattle's head. And uh, I don't think anybody else has put that idea back into any of the coaches' heads. But I think that Rutgers loses a little bit of the juice because they don't play at least one game at the Meadowlands. So the, the other problem was part of them going to the Big Ten was they had to add seats to – um, then High Point, now SHI Stadium, which is still one letter off from what it is. Yeah. <laughs> that they were going to have to play certain – if they couldn't get the everything figured out there. Because I went to that first Big Ten game when they played Penn State back in 14. Yeah. And that was a mess. Yep. Getting to the parking lots was a mess. Everything was a mess that night. But they have seemed to rebound – to the point where the Big Ten hasn't said, hey, you know, you could probably play a couple games at Giant Stadium. What they're scared of, and, and I can tell you this for a fact because I've heard this from people I know in the athletic department, they're afraid of playing those games at Giant Stadium for no other reason than they don't want it to be 70,000. They don't want it to be 70,000 white shirts. They don't want what happened at Maryland Friday night right. to happen there. Right, but that, but honestly, you know, so they don't play Penn State there. That's what I'm saying. They play one of the puppies. Uh, yeah, but then you're not. But they don't get anybody to Piscataway for that game. What's going to make them go to Giant Stadium for that game? So you know, they it's don't get anybody to Piscataway right now because they're bad. They're bad. They're a bad football team. You know, like that's why they're not going to go to Piscataway. So you know, they're too bad. Like I said, I said yesterday again, they may not win another game the rest of the year. They may not. No, they, they, go, they play Liberty. Oh, they still got Liberty left? They still have Liberty left. All right. Then they, they could beat Liberty. <laughs> if they – if which I think what Nunzio is going to do is if he turns the turns the uh, the offense over to Johnny Football and then runs the uh, – the option, I think mm-hmm. that there's a possibility that you know they could win some games there, you know, with Johnny Football play at quarterback. You never know. Yeah. You never know. It may happen, you know. Nunzio obviously knows. Nunzio obviously knows Langan very well, so you know. You know, I, I thought. I thought Lang Sikowski get killed wasn't a good idea. Um, what then? I thought leaving Sikowski out there to get killed wasn't a good idea. No, it was not a good idea. Um, their their app is like horrible just to see the football schedule. Yeah. Okay. Because um, I'm just trying to pull up the rest of their schedule. Um, I know they have Liberty left. 
let's see. Hey, Maryland this week. Well, she's Indiana. winnable. That's winnable. Indiana's ne- Indiana next week. That's, that's also winnable. It's not uh, it's not a, a total loss, but you know. It's not a gimme. It's not a gimme. No, it's winnable. Go ahead. Who so, else? The, so their next four games are Maryland, Indiana, Minnesota, Liberty. Wow. Illinois. Go five. Wow. Illinois. Wow. Those are five games that they can at least be competitive. Um, and with a chance to win. Those are five games right there. They have a chance to win. They're not a total blowout. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think maybe, maybe now looking at that, maybe that's the reason why Hobbs went to the, went to the change because he sees that those are five games that they could win where if, they, if Ash was still the coach, they don't win. So maybe that's the yeah. reason why he made the change now. Hey, and my two and a half is still in play right there. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> What's that two and a half mean? Their over under was two and a half wins. Oh, you're kidding me, really? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I I hammered the over. Oh, okay. Well, well I figured one. I figured UMass and Liberty were two. I just need a third. There you go. <laughs> um, off of Rutgers for we'll we'll probably go back to them at some point. All right, whatever. I tweeted two weeks ago, wouldn't it be amazing if the New York Giants looked at old Noodle Arm Eli and go, oh, he ain't going to be here much longer. I ain't playing for him. We're going to not play hard until Danny Dimes comes in the game. Oh, Danny Dimes comes in the game. There are two wins. Yep. Who does that look worse on, the coaches or the players? Um, or Gettleman, because you know Francesca loves. No, Gettleman. no, no. Right now, right now, Gettleman looks like an absolute genius because Jones has been that good. So he looks like he's, you know, you know, he's the king of the, he's the king of New York City. I, I'm the one that made the decision to draft him at number six. And lo and behold, who's the better quarterback, him or Haskins? I think it's, I think it's Daniel Jones. So, um, so Gettleman looked really, really good in the in the in the whole thing, you know. Um, the one thing I just don't understand: if they knew they were going to draft Jones at six, they if they knew that, okay, mm-hmm. then why in the world would you decide to bring Eli back at twenty six million? Why? Why didn't they just cut him loose and say, you know what? Thanks, Eli. Thank hear you very much. Here's your five million dollar buyout, and goodbye. Instead of bringing him back for twenty six million, and now he's standing on the sidelines with earplugs in his ears and making twenty six million dollars. I say to yourself, what a nice job that is. So um, can I? Can I? Yeah, once so I again, I don't understand so, why so, they're bringing back. Go ahead. This is a, this is an opinion. This isn't you know like I don't know anything. I have a feeling that that was a Mara decision. Mm, no, I think, like I, I think it was a Gettleman decision because I think that they were a little afraid that if they threw Jones in there and he didn't perform, then that would have been it. That Gettleman just then decide, would just decide that, okay, you, you, you failed as the GM here, goodbye. And <laughs> now that doesn't look like the case because – it almost looks like he's a genius. So, and, and, and I say that's a Mara thing because I, I don't I New York the New York Football Giants have never, and this goes back to Sims. In in my life, 
and they, even the way they treated Sims towards the end, it never ends well there with quarterbacks. It never ends well anywhere with quarterbacks, except for Denver when L.A. won twice. Okay. Take out that. It never ends well with quarterbacks at the end of their career. Um, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, Dan Fouts. Dan Fouts. Dan Fouts. You know, and and Marie. when the time and when the time comes, Philip Rivers, because he's not going anywhere. You know. No. Uh, and and Elway, but that was a long time ago now already. Um, I mean, that's 20 years ago with Elway. 21 yeah. years ago with Elway. Or 20, depending on you know how you want to yeah. go with it, 97 or 98. But it didn't work out well in the end for Brett the Cheese Whore. That's correct. Oh, yeah. Game. Look at I that. I like, like it. I like the 10-year use that. Yeah. I know, because you've used it so many times on this show. I had to yeah, I like give that. you that one. <laughs> um, didn't end well with Brett the Cheese Whore. Nope. Not in Green Bay. Nope. He could have had it. In Minnesota, if he doesn't throw the pick in the Superdome, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't see how it ends well with Aaron Rodgers. Um, it may. We don't know yet, so we it may. But he may stay there for the duration. Go ahead. No, I'm not, I'm not saying they're staying there for the duration. I think he's going to fully stay there for the duration. Yeah. Well, has his game dropped off? Did you see the game on? No, no. Did you see the no, game no, no. last I'm Thursday not, night? That was Jimmy. That he, was he, um, he, brilliant. It was I'm brilliant. not even saying that he's dropped off. I'm just saying, like, I don't think it ends well in New England. Oh, you're out of your mind. No, it, it, because I, I think this is one of those times where Belichick and Kraft are going to probably finally go head to head on one thing. And I, I, it ain't going to be Brady. <laughs> No. So, but I, the fact that I even mentioned that, I'm shocked you didn't go, oh, shit. I'm, I'm kind of impressed there, Jimmy. No way, <laughs> um, no way in the world. No way in the world. Brady goes out on his own terms. Yeah. And, uh, and, but, yeah, they uh, traded Jimmy Garoppolo, that handsome fucking Italian. They did. They traded him because Brady put it in the year saying, guess what? I'm going to play here for another 10 years. So and they tra- play here for another ten years. What the hell do you need this kid for? Okay, you got a good idea. You got right there. Boom, gone. <laughs> and, 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 they, and they did not get fair value at all for Garoppolo. No. Nah, not at all. You know what they, no. they traded for a second round pick, please. Yeah, I think so, but I yeah. I want to see who that second round pick turned into. It's a second round pick for the for the New England Patriots who draft thirty one overall. I mean, the New England Patriots first round pick is useless. What the hell is their second round pick? Even more useless. No, the Patriots got the Niners second round pick for Garoppolo. Oh, that's right. Stupid me. Okay. Let me see. Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, let's see. What they get? What was the trade? Oh, trade. Look at this. Pro football focus coming in. How the Patriots use that pick. That's it. Because there was a pick I saw that popped up on, like, my Facebook thing. Yeah. And it was, like, the Patriots traded a pick to Jacksonville in, like, the OA draft. The two picks they got back for it were used on Edelman and Gronk. 
Wow. Wow. Edelman and Gronk were in the same draft? No, they were two years apart. Oh, two years apart. Okay. <laughs> um, as a result, direct result of the Garoppolo trade, the Patriots selected Christian Sam and Damian Harris, and they used the picks acquired in subsequent trades as part of the packages to draft Jared Stidham. Wow. Uh, Jadani Kajusti, Joe Juan Williams, and Duke Dawson. Duke Dawson, they just traded again for somebody. Right. Well, yeah, pretty, that, that's pretty smart right there. Yeah. Well, that's that, that's what they do with draft picks because they don't ever use them. Yeah. But they may have drafted your quarterback and waiting, and you know, well, depending on how long <laughs> Stidham wants to sit there. Yeah. Well, um, right now, he's got no choice. He's got to sit there for at least three years. And but I, and uh, we see twelve has already talked many times about seeing if he could play till he's fifty. So, I mean, we'll see. At least we'll, 45. He, you know, he said he said he, he he feels like he could play until he's 50. And he's 42 now, and he hasn't dropped off an ounce. Not an ounce. No. Uh, looking at – the hell? Oh, he go to the Giants. Hit. He doesn't get hit, so that's even oh. another reason why. You know? Thank you. But we'll, we'll, we'll transition back to the Giants. Ja- Josh Allen. That hit yesterday that he took, that wow. he delivered, wow, maybe the dumbest move I've ever seen a quarterback make. Yeah, I don't know what he was thinking. I have no idea what he was thinking. It's not the dumbest move of all time. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. That belongs to Gus Farad headbutting the fucking. Oh thing. yeah, that I'm was, sorry. That was yeah. You're right. But to lower your head into a cornerback who's just standing there, yeah, tells you that wasn't going to end up well for you. Yeah, no, and it didn't. He got a concussion, and he's still in the <laughs> protocol, and he may miss this week. So, but were you of the mindset of um, was it Johnson or Jackson? Johnson, Johnson, Joseph. Um, should he have been just thrown out of the game for that? No, 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 no. no. Like, I literally have Bills fans last night who were texting oh, me Josh going, Allen, "Josh Allen instigated." The hit. He's the one that, that that predicated the hit. It's not. It wasn't Joseph that did it. It was Josh Allen who predicated the hit. So you can't suspend him for that. Uh, why? Because why? Because Allen got hurt. Well, Allen should have never should have taken the taken the slide when he had a chance. Instead, he tried to get three extra yards, and he paid the price. If you saw my Twitter mentions after having a conversation on the Twitter with Scott Zolak. You did? Yeah, me and him were – I tweeted him something. He answered me back. Okay. Um, I my said in my profession, unprofessional opinion, Allen initiated the contact. He should have been flagged for the head-to-head contact, uh, which, led, which led somebody to say, no wonder you aren't a professional. Go kick Rocks County. Scott Zolak answered me back. Wow. I like I like that. He said well, his answer. Like? He said he should have been fined off of last year's rule enforcement. Um, well, they changed the rules this year, um, but he's the one that predicated the, the hit. So there yeah. can't be any. I don't think there's going to be any fine to anybody. No, but I, but, but Allen Allen paid the price by being stupid um, and lowering his head into the defender, and no good. No, no good. Just take the slide. That's why you're there. Slide. 
That's why you have rules of quarterback <laughs> to slide, yeah. slide, you know. Yeah, the great Pat McAfee on his show today said, hey, we give you the rule here so you could either slide or Run give yourself mat. up. Yeah. yeah, give yourself up. Just slide. Just slide. I don't see him. But he could have run out of bounds too. He was close enough. Yeah. He was he oh. was ten yard ten fifth maybe fifteen yards top out of the, you know off the sideline. He could have ran. That's three steps. He could have gone those three steps and got out of bounds. Instead, what he did was he he tried to get the three extra yards and he lowered his head and he paid the price. So yeah. Would no, you? Joseph should not get fined for that and suspended or whatever. However. The NFL did the right thing today by throwing yes. Fontes Burfecht out of out of the league, and he'll never play again, and deservedly so. The man was an absolute dirty fiend, and this should be the, the final straw in his disgusting career. And now, was he a good football player? Absolutely. <coughs> I loved him in, in Arizona State. I he was old school. And I said, wow, <coughs> he was great. But when he, once he got to the NFL – he was nothing but a headhunter, and he proved his worth by being a headhunter. And now he's thrown out of the league, and he'll never, he'll never play again because nobody will ever give him a chance. I mean, I, let's let's put this. You ready for this? Antonio Brown has got a better chance of getting a contract next year than Vontez Burfecht does. And I don't think Antonio Brown's going to play. I, you know what? If it, just like. Just like the president, if you're just taking the phone away from Antonio Brown, he's still playing football. But I still go back to Vontez Perfect may be the reason why Antonio Brown has gotten to where he is. Yeah, because that hit that 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 uh, that he took on Monday night, which which could have crippled. As a matter of fact, that was the same game that. Uh, uh, well, Brian Chazier. Brian Chazier. Yeah. I didn't realize that was the same game. Holy shit. That game. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was one of the dirtiest, most filthiest games I've ever seen. That was really just filth. You know, there's no other words to describe what happened that day. But, um, and, and, and but surprisingly, yeah, but, Mike Tomlin still has a job. Why? Because he sucks as a coach. Oh, you're a Steeler fan. That's the reason. Oh no, you're not even a Steeler fan. I'm not even a Steeler fan. I think he sucks. I, I uh, look. I thought Mike McCarthy should have been fired long before he was, because I don't think he's a good football coach. Ask no, he's, he's a he's a very good football coach. Oh, Ask Aaron Rodgers. He probably agrees with me. Uh, Aaron Rodgers will agree with you, but but Mike McCarthy <laughs> is a very good football coach. Very good. Um, I thought I thought Mike McCarthy should have got the Jets' job instead of Adam Gase. Well, speaking of the judge job, I haven't okay. really talked to you about it. Um, this is the greatest thing about me and you on the phone together because we just bounce around and it's like forget the fact that I had nothing written down. I can figure this out. When are people going to realize that Adam Gase was nothing more than Peyton Manning's towel boy? Um, I think he's a little bit more than that, but I I don't see where anybody why first of all I don't. See why the Jets would would have wanted like somebody in their division's secondhand coach. You know, like it's almost like 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 the the, the Miami Dolphins handed the Jets um, their hand me downs. 
You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, like they, they got like the, the clothes that didn't fit you anymore when you were eight years old and they got, and you got handed down to your five year, five year old brother. Well, that's what the the Miami Dolphins did to the Jets with Adam Gates. Okay, we don't want him anymore. He doesn't fit here, so you take him. And boy, oh boy, he's proving. I mean, mind you, the entire roster has been hurt, but still, he's proven right away that he has no clue what the hell he's doing as a coach. Now they're going to say, well, wait until Donald gets back and 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 see what happens there. But you know, I I just don't see you know. I, I have this thing with uh, Darnold, the same thing I had with Sanchez. I want quarterbacks to play more than uh, 20 games in college. I think this is going to become Dwayne Haskins' problem, and we'll, we'll definitely get to that because yeah. there's something with Haskins. Sanchez, Darnold, these guys. Less than yeah. 20 games in college? I don't think you're mature enough. I think this is why I said before the draft, the Giants would behoove themselves if they have – if at one of their picks – I didn't even think six because I think six is still its reach for Danny Dimes. But I could be wrong. Fifteen years from now, we could be looking at this going when they, you know, redraft the first round, blah, 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 and all that bullshit that they do because they need something to talk about in May. Um. Here's a kid that played a lot of Duke and didn't have much talent around him. Walked on to Duke, which I didn't know until yesterday. Yeah, and then money, funny. Like he walked on at Duke, which means he's smart. Um, unless he was like a baseball player or something, and he got a baseball scholarship, whatever the hell it is. Um, but when you look at Haskins, I'm gonna. It's, it's a fictitious name, and, and, and I hope you get it. Um, Bo Callahan comes huh. to mind. <laughs> okay, yeah. Do do you understand you've seen draft day, I hope. Of course, yeah. I and mind you, I like draft day. Isn't that funny? It got, it's a great movie. Really, it got really bad reviews, but I like it because it was really, a football movie and people don't like football movies. Because uh, nobody understands that world except for football fans. Wait, that wait, was time, a, time out. Remember the Titans is a football movie. Everybody liked that movie. That's yeah, because that, that's more than a football movie. Okay. That, that checks all the boxes on what people are going to like. Draft Day was a football movie. Okay. That, that, that's like a document. If you put a documentary up there and didn't have Kevin Costner and Jennifer Garner in it and just said, this is how it goes, people would it would have been like more. Okay. But when you start charging people to come to your draft party, Bo Callahan. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, why, wait, wait a minute. Time out. Daniel Jones? <laughs> no, Daniel no, no, no. Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins charged people to go to his draft party. And since the second I heard that, I was like, <laughs> Bo Callahan. Oh my God! I did not know that. That's amazing. And then, if you watch that game Monday night against the Bears, and every time Case Keenum came off the field, he's sitting there, he's yucking it up with his butt with the teammates. He's nowhere near the quarterback. Yeah, that's ridiculous. The, the body language sucked. Yeah. 
It's probably the first time in his life that it didn't work well. And then you start, like, looking back at, like, his time at Ohio State. Hmm. Maybe he they knew something. He wasn't there that long. Right? Was he, he a year and a half? He, he well, played, played for a year and a half. Played for a year and a half. Yeah, but he was a backup. Yeah, I still, I, I still think he's going to be successful. I just, you know, he's got, he, first of all, he's now on the team that, that, that can make him successful because he's going to get a chance. He's going to get a chance. As soon as they fire Jay Gruden. Uh, no, he's still going to get a chance. No matter who the head coach is, Haskins is going to be the, head, he's going to be the quarterback. <laughs> he's going to get Gruden a does, well, if you heard Gruden after a game yesterday, he wasn't ready to play. And you heard that over and over and over. He said that Haskins wasn't ready to play? No, he said he – which well, tells me – wasn't ready to play, then why did put him in the game? Uh, Daniel Snyder. No. Yes. Oh. Um, oh, no. Joel Klatt on the Rich Eisen show last week said that when the Giants took Jones, they never thought Haskins was going to be there for them. And they were – um, they were set on somebody else. And the coaching staff was set on somebody else. He said when they made the draft, when they made the choice, they said the football people were pissed and the owner was happy. Oh, God. Who, well, who did the football people want? He didn't. It no. must have been somebody else that was available at that point because they really didn't think they were going to see him. He wasn't going to be there. Because at 15, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. 15, 15 is not, you know, like they all say, well, your first-round draft pick should be a stud. Well, no. 50, you know, at, at that point, 15, 16 in the, in the first round, you're, you're taking a guy who's a, a little bit of a chance. He's not a surefire stud. If you get the, you know, like say, for instance, you take somebody at six, well, yeah, that guy better be a stud. You better be. That's why the Giants took a huge gamble and said, "Why right, we're going to take Jones at six. Well, you better make sure that Jones is a stud there." I, it's funny. I was saying a couple of weeks ago uh, to anybody that would listen that I didn't think going into the Buccaneers game that was the right time to make the the move from Eli to Daniel Jones, and obviously I was wrong about that. Okay. But only because I was looking at um, I was looking at what came after the Redskins and what came after was Minnesota and New England. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. So I, I I honestly said, let Eli play to the Patriot game. It's week six, Thursday night game. After that game, say, look, we're two and four. Just like we talked about before with Rutgers, Jim. Hey, here's a winnable part of the schedule. Right. There's no question. Now that we've seen Minnesota and the fact that they can't throw the ball. They cannot throw the ball. And they've got great receivers. They got two great receivers and a great tight end. And they have a quarterback who smells. Smells. He smells. I'll give you one better. Are you ready for these numbers? Kirk Cousins, three years, $84 million. Stephon Diggs, five years, $81 million. Adam Thielen. Stephon Diggs, five years, $81 million. Adam Thielen, four years, $64 million. The Vikings are 31, 31st in passing yards per game, 
and 32nd in first passing first downs per game. Wow. Wow. That, there's your stat wow. of the night. Wow. So now, great defense, by the way. Good defense, that, great running back. That's going to be right. something. That team should be something. They really should. Yeah. They really should be something. If they had a quarterback, they'd be dangerous. They'd be really dangerous. Yeah. Um, now, we're on the Redskins part hey, of this. By the way, I don't, know if you, I don't know if you heard Francesa today. Francesa thinks that Jared Goff stinks. He thinks he's a bad quarterback. I think that's wrong. Yeah, no, he's not a bad quarterback. He, he, he just he, had a bad day yesterday. Well, yesterday. He, 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 he turned the ball over three times. Well, yeah. you know, that, that you can't do that. You can't turn the ball over three times and win in the NFL. You can't do it. But he's losing sight of the fact that he did complete 48 passes. He co- completed. He completed 48 passes. He threw for 517 yards. How, how in the world is that a bad game? How in the world is a bad game? The reason why the Rams... That's helicopter analysis, though. That yeah, game wasn't on television. Yeah, no. They were down twenty-one nothing. That's it's the helicopter now. The reason yeah. why they lost is they were down twenty-one nothing, and that's a huge hole to come back from. And they almost did it. They were driving for the go-ahead touchdown with about two and a half minutes left when he got sacked and fumbled, and Namakatsu ran it back for the touchdown. But they were driving for that touchdown because they were going to win the game. Yeah. After and, being and down it's, after being down twenty-one nothing. So and it's funny. Just like in the Giant game the week before. I, I, yeah. I looked at my wife during – I was watching. I got to put the game on. And I said, oh, here's where Jameis Winston gives you one. It was like on cue yeah. he gave you one. And then the the hit that uh, 22 made, uh, took in the end zone, um, who picked it off and took it to the house. Oh, uh, he took. Marcus Peters. Yeah. Should have gotten him a 15-yard penalty. Yeah, should have given them, netted them some yardage. Yeah, how do you blow? How do you miss that one? Going back to the, the to the Eagles game, Eagles Packers game sat on Thursday night. The NF, I hate the college system with the targeting. Thank God they can now go back and, and, and review it to make sure that you know uh, let's get this one right before we throw people out of games. Right. The NFL needs to institute that. And if you get thrown out of a game for targeting, you're missing the next game. Yeah. Or at least a half like college does. In the, in the NFL, in the NFL, if you're if you get if you're guilty of targeting, you I think it's suspended. You should be suspended for two games. Two games. Because, because guess what? If you do that anywhere else, uh, hmm. other than a, the playing field, uh, that's five to fifteen yards. Five to fifteen years. That's that's that's, that's, that's <laughs> That's assault with a deadly weapon. Your head. <laughs> assault with a deadly weapon. Yeah. All right. I, I say give them one. You say give them two. At least we're on the same page. Like, we're on the same page there, Jim. That, which is amazing, George, because that usually never happens. So. No, because usually, like, the hotter the take is, the more, like, you're telling me I'm a, I'm a dope. Well, I'm I kind know, of impressed. I've never, I've never said you. Were no, you just say it's an idiotic thought. Yeah, not like Trestle. Yeah. That was an idiotic. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, I'll give back the trophy. Get it there. Oh um, my God! Wow. <laughs> hey, I almost said Steve Belichick. 
Get a call. There's been a lot of hot toddies today. Um, coming out of Washington, um, what happens here? Here you go. What happens next is a wild case study in Redskins politics. Gruden seems likely to explain that Haskins went in because Keenum was hurt. Whether or not it's not completely true. Gruden could roll with McCoy. Let Keenum rest his foot. But Daniel Snyder wants him to play Haskins. That's that's out of Washington. No, then if that's the case, then then Gruden has to be fired. And like and oh. like and like Daniel Snyder hire a coach that agrees with him. That's you mean like Jason Garrett? Is there Jason. a Jason Garrett to the Redskins or somebody Jason. like Jason Garrett? Jason Garrett's nine years he's had that job. Nine years. Yeah, that's nine because years. Jason Jason Garrett to me is like the broom in your like linen closet. It's there. They don't do much, but it's there. Okay. All right. He don't ruffle feathers. No. He's a nice he guy. don't fight back against Jerry. He just lets Jerry do whatever the hell Jerry damn well pleases. Well, it's Jerry's team. Uh, hey, and uh, let's, and here's the other thing about Jason Garrett. He's a hell of a nice guy. Seriously. Hell of a nice, real nice guy. Real, real nice guy. He donates a lot of his time and money to two different charities that I'm involved with, and he's there every time in the summer. Every time that we, that one of the, he's there, you know? So it, it didn't say – that doesn't make him a bad guy. He's just a puppet. Okay. Well, I, didn't say, I didn't say he was a great coach. I'm not saying he's a great guy. I didn't say he's a great coach. Once again, if a guy's a great guy, that's fine. You know, I, I, I have no problem with him being a great guy. Yeah, I, I have no problem either. Um, but in, in with saying that, Jerry Jones, when you look at that giant game, though, that defense kind of goes back to what I said two weeks ago. Like they started to play football. Of course, Mike Evans makes everybody look bad. Well, he certainly has the last two weeks. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Certainly has. And so uh, is- Akeem Talib still has. Kid marks all over him from yesterday, all over. Here's the here's the the, the, the crazy thing with this. You know, the Rams didn't look good on Sunday night against the Browns. They look, good. they look good. What the hell? They didn't look good. What was wrong? Offensively, they didn't look good. They didn't look great. They look good. They're okay. I okay. Well, I'm used. To, they're good. Is most teams great? Okay, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm I I I. I for the first time, I think we can agree on this. We're holding them offensively to a higher standard. Absolutely. New England, Absolutely. New England looked abysmal yesterday. They looked like I can understand why Shannon Sharp goes, "Skip, skip, Tom Brady going off that cliff, skip." Yep, 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 skip, skip, skip. It looked yep. like LeBron James last year, skip. Well, that the Buffalo Bills have a very, very good front four. <laughs> so. I, Amazing to me that Eli Manning, with nobody, was able to move the ball against them. Okay, he had Saquon. Okay, and the he Patriots had, he, just he had, could take one, and he only moved the ball when the game was pretty much over. It was twenty. And the first 10. drive of the game. Yeah, no, well, that's right. They didn't move. They went right down. The, well, in the first drive of the game, they, they ran the ball right down the throat. I don't even know if he threw. Did he throw? I don't even know if he threw. I'd, I'd have to look at the drive chart, but I thought he threw yeah. a couple balls. No, I don't think he even did. 
But that was also a game where they didn't have Shepard either. Uh, I mean, so Eli was throwing to, you know, guys who were faster versions of me and you. Yeah. Well, no. They, they, he, he still has Benny Fowler, who's not bad. Um, at that game, in that game, he had Russell Shepard, who wasn't bad, but now he's out for the year. Um, and who was the other kid that they used? Um, oh, yeah. No, they had, they had guys that I never even heard of. And I yeah. covered the Giants. Core. I had no idea who this core guy was. Wearing Plexico Veris' number. And he, and he caught a pass. Said, who the hell is this? I had no idea who that was. And, and the sad part is. Did you know who he was? Um, I'm sorry. I was watching the Patriots and not, uh, murder fucking Dolphins that game. Yeah. I have no idea who this core is. No, that, that, and that's the problem. Like, Gettleman. Let's see. Gentleman hasn't put anything around Eli or didn't put anything around Eli and then made it worse. Um, let's see. Cody Core. Incredibly, he is a four year veteran out of Mississippi. Four yeah. years he's played in the NFL. Four years. Yeah. Cody yeah. Core. I never heard yeah. of him. No, never me neither. Uh, let me see. I'm pulling up the drive chart. Giants signed him as a free agent in 19. That's all. That's all I got. Cody Core. Cool. Ball possession. Hey, they got the Bills to three and out their first drive. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. The NFL game book used to be so easy to look and see, like the drive charts. Yep, it's very hard now. Holy shit. It's like, this is a pain in the ass. How far down do you have to go for individual drives? Yeah, it's very, it's very hard. Um, while I scroll down, oh, here we go. Um, Barkley, left guard, <laughs> for six. Fowler was 20-yard end around. Saquon 15, Saquon 8. No, they didn't throw the ball. Yeah, I didn't think so. They went 75 yards on five plays. Five plays. Yep. I didn't think they threw. That's That's incredible to me. All right, well, now I, I have to do some work that I can get paid for. So, I, oh, unfortunately, unfortunately, I have to end this phone call, Mr. Brew. That's all right. We covered we covered a lot of rounds, and maybe you can call back to the 973 guy and see whether or not you can get him and he can talk to you. So. I have no idea who the guy is. Yeah, that was that was good. You got a phone call. Okay, well, we got four phone calls. You the guy got, kept calling and hanging up. You just gotta you gotta work on uh, on being Chicken. able to answer that phone call. That's all. Well, you know, it, it's like uh, you know, it's like Francesca's day. They want to be part of the show. They gotta bring it. They'll bring yeah, it. Right. I hang up on them. That's it. Well, he, so he he said, so instead he he makes a comment like somebody said a, uh, said you know it was bad quarterback Case Keenum and and then he jumped on it today and said well you know who's worse Jared, Jared Goff. Jared got I like you know, like one day he threw for 517 yards. He's horrible. <laughs> did you, know. you hear? Did you, speaking of, did you hear the guy who called him up and said, "You're just an Eli Manning apologist." Oh, nice. Okay. Oh, I thought I thought Mike's head was going to explode. 
Yeah, well, guess what? He is. He always has been. You know, but, you know, but Eli Manning, you know, he was he was good for what he was. You know, he really yeah. was. He served his purpose. All right, George, I got to run. All right, Jim. Good talking to you. If you ever get me again, feel free to give me a call. And uh, good luck to the show and feel better. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right, bye bye. All right, that was a great Jim. Hey, take a little break. Get me some uh, tea. And uh, we'll be back with more of uh, the George of the Show and what's Green Sports. Baby. You know I like my chicken fry. Cold beer on a Friday night. A pair of jeans that fit just right. And a radio up. up. I like to see the sunrise. See the love in my woman's eyes. Feel the touch of a precious child. No mother's love. Well, I was raised up beneath the shade of a Georgia pine, and that's home, you know, with sweet tea, pecan pie, and homemade wine, where the peaches grow, and my house, it's not much to talk about, but it's filled with love that's grown in southern ground, and a little bit of chicken fried, cold beer on a Friday night, a pair of jeans that fit just right. And the radio world, I see love in my woman's eyes. Feel the touch of a precious child. No mother's love. And it's funny how it's the simple things in life that mean the most. Not where you live, what you drive, or the price tag on your clothes. There's no dollar sign on a piece of mind. This I've come to know. So if you agree, have a drink with me. Raise your glasses for a toast to a little bit of chicken fries. Cold beer on a Friday night. A pair of jeans that fit just right. And a radio Thank God for my life and for the stars and stripes. May freedom forever fly. Let it ring. Salute the ones who died and the ones that gave their lives so we don't have to sacrifice all the things we love, like our chicken fries. Go beer on Friday night, a pair of jeans to fit just right. And a radio world, I see sunrise. See the love in my woman's eyes. Feel the touch of a precious child. No mother's love. You know I love a chicken fry. Cold beer on a Friday night. A pair of jeans that fit just right. And a radio world, I see the sunrise. See the love in my woman's eyes. Just a child, no mother.
Showing up for Eli at all when Eli was playing. I go back to your tweet. This goes back to September 15th, the string of tweets here. And this is while you always playing. The teams that they played had no respect for the wide receivers, and he liked throwing the ball. It was going to be extremely difficult to move the ball until then, until they got Shepard and Tate back. I got Shepard back last week, moving the ball pretty well. By then, it will be too late to salvage Eli's Giants crew. Happens. But in a serious thought, now this is on September 20th. Two days before he even played. What team looked at Daniel Jones and Peter and said, Damn, it's pretty good. Why we got to play with old noodle arm? Force Dauber into letting him play. It's a bad statement. And I don't know who's the worst statement on the players. 
We're going to coach. We're letting it get to that point. I have that. I, I, I legitimately have that question. Who does it look worse on? The head coach or the players? At the end of the day, it's not going to look. Players run that loose. This coach seems overmatched here. Didn't take the heat. Got out of the kitchen. For a guy like Mickey Callaway, the Mets manager. He faced the music the whole season. You got to give him credit. He, he took Francesa every week. This Giants coach could kind of soft if you ask me. And unfortunately for him, may not be there when everything turns around. So he probably will be because he works for the Giants. Huh? <clears throat> Speaking of baseball. The aftermath now. Season's over. Managers are getting fired. Managers are getting moved on from. The Cubs made the first move. They're firing Joe Matt. Or having Joe Matt step down. Or whatever way you want to call it. Cutting ties with Joe Matt. We'll do that. We'll cut ties with Joe Matt. Okay. Report surfaced last week that if it happened, the Anaheim Angels of Orange County, near Disneyland, near the 405, are going to part ways with Brad Ausmus after a year. They're going to blame him? No. That means that you are going to be announcing Joe Madden as your manager very soon. Joe Madden went in and wanted clarity. He got it. He's no longer the manager of the Cubs. Don't ask me why. You bring the first World Series championship to Chicago in forever. In over 100 years. And because your brilliant GM makes some bad roster moves, namely you Darvish, namely Jason Hayward, lost Dexter Fowler, and really what was a trade, Dexter Fowler, for Jason Hayward? That didn't work. You Darvish didn't work. Spent a ton of money. <laughs> Theo saving his job. Trying to save his job. Joe Madden's not going to be the former manager of the Cubs very long. Joe Madden will be somewhere. 
Brad Ausmus may not get another job for a while. Do the Cubs have something in play? Who's their next man? David Ross said he would like it. He would like to be it. The Epstein fans are considering David Ross. Which is great as that move is. Grandpa is respected in that clubhouse. That's the job Joe Girardi has coveted. That's the reason Joe Girardi isn't managing anywhere else. Joe Girardi wants the Cubs job. He has wanted it for a very, very long time. Why Joe Girardi hasn't taken another job? They've been offered to Joe Girardi has that job offered to him. He's turned him down. He wanted to keep his options open. For this job. Joe Girardi wants the Cubs job. Selfishly, I don't want to see David Ross get that job because I thought he did phenomenally for ESPN in their Little League World Series coverage. He gets it. He's a former player that gets it. Kyle Pearson is great in the booth. Ravi does a hell of a job. A tremendous job as the play-by-play man for the World Series. David Ross became the next Harold Reynolds in Williamsport. The kids loved him. He loved it there. But managing the Cubs is a job that, let's face it, He's a very good job right now. But you got to remember, the pitching staff's getting long in the tooth. Well, Hendricks is really good. Lester's getting up there. Hamels is getting up there. Who knows what the hell you're going to get from Darvish. Your bullpen suffered this year. I thought Theo made a terrible move bringing in Kimbrell when he did. I understand why he's, why this is going on in baseball, especially when it comes down to giving up draft picks and now the analytics. Oh, we got it. Draft picks, draft picks. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me in baseball? You could not name the number one overall picks that are playing in Major League Baseball right now. You couldn't. Nobody can. Nobody knows. 973, you're on the air. What's brewing? Uh, Good evening. Uh, I'm I'm a new caller here uh, from New Jersey. How are you? 
all right, I had a little trouble getting through tonight because there's something wrong with, uh, maybe there's something with the phone or blog talk. Uh, you were mentioning something no about um, Rutgers uh, with their football. I mean, you know, it's yeah. really it's really been a shame as what's happened over the last three years, especially with the new coach. I'm glad they got rid of him. I mean, it's about time. Having only eight wins in three years of existence, I mean, you don't even deserve to be coaching uh, past that. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, you know, I'm a long time suffering got... Rutgers. Pardon me? No, I, I agree with you there. I, the long time suffering Rutgers fan is something that I am as well. Um, and, I, and, I, and I feel that. Um, I wouldn't completely put this on Chris Ashcraft. Like we were saying no. before. I, you, you really can't because of the situation he inherited. Is he a good mm. football coach? No. Is he a great recruiter? No. Rutgers' biggest problem, in my opinion. Wait, is, let me guess. Let me guess. They don't recruit well. No, it has nothing to do with recruiting well. Oh. Obviously, that's part of it. Um, it's not having the alumni, the full alumni support. Ah. And what do I mean by full alumni support? Um, you, you go down to that SEC and you go to the big, big ten school. Hmm. There's something about going to Piscataway, and there's a lot going to <laughs> Look, Notre Dame is Notre Dame. Right? You get a kid from Florida, and you take a kid to Florida. You take a kid from New Jersey, and you take him to South Bend, Indiana, or Tuscaloosa, or Auburn, or Miami back in the day, and you say, son, you're going to spend the next three years here. Do you want to stare at sweaters or bikinis? Most kids, uh-huh. are go, I want to stare at bikinis and boobies. Duh, of course. That ain't right. Um, so how do you how do you how do you combat that? And the thing is, with you know Ohio State, you have tradition. You have kids from in state that stay in the school that don't want to leave. Um, you but, know, you got kids from Michigan. They they have two choices. Uh, they have not. In the Chris Ash years, Kyle Flood did a great job with this. Uh, when the Patriots were – either they played a Thursday night game or they had their bye week, who was on the sideline? Yes. Every game. Devin was there. Logan Ryan was there. Deron Harmon was there. You don't see that as much anymore. They can do as much as they want during the game. And say, oh, here, nights in the NFL. Uh, um, them guys are getting long in the tooth now. Yeah, well, also probably going from the the Big East to what it is now, now to the Big Ten, hasn't helped much either. Well, that hasn't helped yet. Um, that hasn't helped the overall uh, scene on football yet. Because remember, they haven't, they aren't a full fledged member of the Big East, of the Big Ten for I think it's more, another year, maybe two more years. They're not seeing that big $23 million a year. They're only seeing a small chunk of that. Where it has helped them is it has helped them in the facilities. It has helped their Olympic sports programs. Yes. So it's helping them. It's not helping football because really consider it. 
they weren't uh, recruiting Big Ten athletes to start in the Big Ten. They were still recruiting American and Big East Conference yeah. kids. And and that takes time. And the problem is, is that you're still getting plucked by Syracuse. You're still getting plucked by Penn yep. State. You're still getting plucked by Ohio State. So everybody's still coming here going, well, there's no viable option for college football here. So um, that's the whole that, – that's the thing there. Until you can start bringing in kids that want to be here. You know, uh, Lou Holtz had a great line when he was at Notre Dame. When he first got yes. here, he had kids that wanted to win, didn't know how to. Then he had kids that could win but didn't. Then he had to get kids that could win, did win, and knew how to. That takes time. Unfortunately, Chris Ash wasn't the guy for the job. Obviously not. I'm surprised they gave him three seasons. I mean, because usually sometimes you only give a coach one year, and then if you don't perform well, bye bye I mean, you gave him three years, and they didn't improve much at all. You gave him three years. You gave him three years uh, mainly because you kind of felt bad for him. And Pat Hobbs, Rutgers academically does not want to support the football program. You know, the teachers, the faculty doesn't. Yeah, well, see, here's the thing. If you look on, like, NJ.com on their Facebook, um, things of anything that's been said, all you see then are, it's a lot of money to be playing a football coach. You should put it in academics. You know, and hey, dummy. Um, The more you bring in from the Big East or the Big Ten, the better it's going to help you out academically and everything. And and the problem is, is all them academia, the academia types who are, oh, well, we hate football. You like your new, you know, whatever new buildings you put on campus. Academic water buildings. So, you know, yeah, but that's where it comes down to. You look at a school like, you know, Notre Dame, and and not to compare Rutgers to Notre Dame. It's it's not, it's apples oranges. But their alumni feels a connection with the football program, with their all their schools. Miami, the same thing. All those schools. You have to get to that point where the alumni is going, hey, when they were good, James Candelfini was there every game. That's true. Those guys aren't there anymore. That stadium is empty most weekends. Most people don't even know they have beer there now. They finally started serving alcohol at the game, so it makes it a little bit easier to sit there on the banks of the old road and watch them. Mm-hmm. I don't think Seattle is the answer. No. As much as Pulidi thinks it, I don't know who the answer is there as coach. But whatever, whoever takes over that job, I don't know. Yeah, it's a shame. Anything else? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, like I said, I've been a long time suffering uh, Rutgers fan. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's just a shame. I mean, not that we're really, you know, a powerhouse, but at least when they were had these so-called Big East, which has now been uh, derailed, you know, at least they were decent. And even basketball. And even basketball, now they have, they have suffered completely. Once, but once again, that goes into 
where it's hard to keep the New Jersey kid home. Yeah. Yeah, seeing look, I, I know with Rutgers and, and this the, the word Seen Hall doesn't ever, you know, ring true. But <sighs> Seen Hall's had that problem too. You know, when St. Anthony's was open and in its heyday, when was the last kid that they sent? Who was the last kid that St. Anthony sent to Seen Hall? Donald Copeland. The only reason he went to Seen Hall is because he's Jerry Walker's nephew. Right. So when you can't keep kids at home, <coughs> look at the Rosario experiment. That didn't work out well for them. Nope. So as long as you have kids like Kyle Anderson leaving, Kyrie Irving going to do, kids are going to play on national TV every game, every day. You know, you look at the NFL, just look at the NFL. Why is Jalen Ramsey acting like he did? Why did Antonio Brown did? Because LeBron James has set this in forward for the NBA, and all these kids are going, I don't want to be like him. It's the way it is. Unfortunately. Yes. I mean, when you kept the McCordy's home, you kept Ray Rice home. When you kept those guys here, you had Pandemonium in Piscataway. You had ESPN there every on Thursdays. Right. <laughs> you had that one Thursday night game a year. Now, you're the 12 o'clock game on the Big Ten Network every week. Nobody watches that game. Very few. Penn State but plays. But as is playing, like that, I do watch. Pu- I see them get their, uh, their, look, their I do too. And, and I listen to the games they get demolished by. 59 nothing, 39 nothing, or whatever. Like, it's just embarrassing. Yeah. So, if you, if you really looked at the end of that season last year, when they played Penn State at home, and they were a couple plays away from beating Penn State, mm-hmm. how much different – are you looking at Chris Ash if they finish that game off? Yeah, but the majority I mean, of his uh, tenure yeah. wasn't good. Yeah, but, but for the majority of Ash's tenure, you know, it's been one blowout uh, loss after another. Mm-hmm. No, and that, that, that's the absolute truth. And, and that's ultimately why He's not there. McNulty's not there anymore. And, and and like we said, you look at their next five games, there's a chance they win at least two of them. Better you be would hope. Oh, you, I mean, you would think they're going to be different. <laughs> a joke. You know, it, let's not forget, they also used to pad their stats with playing Hampton and, and Morgan State. So... Uh. <laughs> Losers. Yeah, well, hey, you gotta sometimes you gotta build a resume. You know, yeah, especially you do. when you don't have especially when you don't have a preseason like you know, the NFL has where you can right. work stuff out. I mean that first half of that unit. Unless, unless you unless you count week zero. Yeah, but week zero for regular teams is yeah. Miami and Florida playing at, at at the Citrus Bowl. It's somebody playing at Jerry World. Right, because, you know. Those um, are big. Those are teams that Rutgers, those are games right. Rutgers will never, that won't get into. 
You know, I, I agree yeah. with Jim Hick. I, I honestly believe maybe they should play a game at Giant Stadium. But That'd be wonderful. the memories of going back there mm. for people is still tough. I, I was at the game and saw Eric laying on the ground. That, to see Rutgers play there yes. is going to be a tough thing for people. And, and oh. I can see that. Yeah, the word is unbearable. Yeah. You know, I, it took me a while to go back in there and look at that field and not see Eric Lane on the field. Hmm. You know, and I've gotten there to see the Patriots play the Jets and Giants and gone to a bunch of Giants games, but I still see Eric Lane on the field. I was hoping the Bills were going to be the Patriots yesterday at you know in Orchard Park, but they just couldn't. They just couldn't be Almighty Tom. Ugh. Well, the thing is with, with with the Bills yesterday is that when you look at when you build up a, a September game, when you play yeah. a game in September, and that's your Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And you don't win it. That's there's a reason why people got married at that game. You know that that game became the Buffalo Bills Super Bowl. All right. <laughs> and the Patriots play, and seemingly, I don't know if you took the start of the show. Patriots playing these six times a year. They play in everybody's Super Bowl. Everybody's Super Bowl. Everybody's. So as much as like everybody says, oh the AFC sucks, the Patriots don't play anybody. Yeah, guess what? They still take every team's best shot. Yes. Everybody wants to beat the Patriots, and they never do. So when you beat the Patriots, I mean, look at what the Jacksonville Jaguars did last year. They beat the Patriots. They got run train on the next week. Oh, everybody felt great about them after they beat the Patriots. And what happened? They lost the next week. The Steelers beat yeah. the Patriots last year in December. What happened to them? They missed the playoff. Who mm-hmm. raised the Lombardi Trophy in the end of the year? Tom Brady them. and Belichick. Oh, yeah. Them. And why? Because they're playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. They're smarter. Yeah, that does. They're better good. looking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're looking they're smarter than your coach. They're mm-hmm. better looking than your coach. They're they do just they just do everything right, you know. Even bringing in well, Antonio about Brown, playing smarter. Yeah, I don't know about better looking. Though. <laughs> oh, Tom Brady's a handsome gentleman. So is Julian Edelman. They're both yeah, good looking well, guys. Yeah. You become models and you go up there. You know, so am I. I can't say that I'm not a Tom Brady. Handsome guy, Jimmy Garoppolo, handsome Italian guy. Jimmy Garoppolo can stay in this game. The 49ers may have a decent shot this year. I'm just not sold on Jimmy G just yet, especially after last season. Yeah. Well, he got hurt last year, so he missed. Well, yeah. Once again, there you go. Another reason why the whole thing yesterday with the hit that uh, Jonathan Joseph put on, uh, or the hit that he absorbed from um, Josh Allen. You know, you know like, running quarterbacks get hurt. You, you look at Cam, you look at it just happens. It's a part of the game, and unfortunately, it happens. 
true, but some, you know, can't, you know, bow back so quickly from injury and, you know, get back to the old form. I guess Jimmy G has, but uh, some just don't. Well, Jimmy G also got helped out because the Steelers are a mess um, right now. No kidding. And you turn the ball over as much as they did, unless you're the Buffalo Bills playing the Jets. And, the, you know, with the Jets losing C.J. Mosley <laughs> and playing a quarterback mm-hmm. that had mono that nobody knew. Um, I mean, you, you really do look at it. I mean, the Buffalo Bills were a paper tiger going into that game yesterday. Yeah. And their flaws were exposed. You can't turn – look, you turn the ball over four times against the Jets, you're going to win. You turn the ball over four times against the Patriots, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. And they turn the ball over four times, five times. I mean, Devin McCourty has an interception every game this year. Every game. You're not going to last as long if you keep doing that. Probably he's going to have six. You really think about it. Devin McCourty's going to start the season off with five picks. You know the Redskins are primed to give him the ball once at least. (laughs) I got three three words for you about that for him. What's up? C-F-L. Who, Josh Allen? Well, you you know, five picks, you know, you're not you're not gonna last that you're not gonna last if you keep making mistakes like that. You gotta be shipped out. Yeah, well, Josh Allen, you know, Buffalo thinks he's the second coming of Doug Flutie or Tim Kelly or something. Never. No, I agree with There you. was only one Jim Kelly and one Doug Flutie, and even Doug Flutie wasn't all that when he was cracked up to be despite his sensational career in college at B C. But when he went pro, yeah. Well, he was short, and, and that didn't help him. But when he came back to the you NFL know, after the CFL Oh, that's what you said. Um, but, no, if you look at the, when he went to Buffalo in the late 90s, I mean, he, yeah. he did play really well. You know, it's yeah. Just, it's Buffalo. And there's nothing to do in Buffalo. That's why those people put each other through tables and shit before games. Well, I was going to count the Sabres, but I guess you don't. Yeah, it still ain't got nothing to fucking do in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only place you can go snowboarding in June. Okay. June, July, August. You know, it's southern yeah. Canada for a reason. All right, man. We got to go. It's uh, right. time now, are, you, uh, are, you the man, are you the man himself? Yes, I'm the man. You are, you are, Lynch, you are George. Man. Yes. All right. All right. So this is about right, money from seven to nine, correct? Uh, we're around here. We're we're gonna figure out a more concise schedule. Okay. Well, they the get time was... between. They get time on Monday night. I'll just do that. All right, man. Or follow us on Thanks. the Twitter at WBIS Radio, and then I'll let you know when we're on. WBIS is the sta- is the station. WBIS Radio. All right. I may just look that up. All right, man. Appreciate you. All right. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. All right. That was a great show for tonight. Try to do this more often. Thanks for listening to the George Bruce Show on the What's Going Sports Radio Network.